Hey, welcome back to the Forward Podcast. This is Lance Armstrong, your host. Got a really cool guest this week, an old friend of mine, Liz Lambert. Liz and I were trying to figure out when we got to know each other. I think it was, gosh, it's probably been almost 15 years. She's sort of a local, not sort of, she is a local Austin legend, and her legendary status has come to grow over the years outside of Austin, all over the country, and now around the world. She's one of the uh, um, <clears throat> one of the uh, how should I say this? Uh, she's a hotelier. How about that word? Um, and her product, her her properties uh, that she has not only here in Austin but in San Antonio, uh, now in Baja California, all over the place, um, are some of the coolest spots that you can stay stay in. Her uh, her company is called Bunkhouse. And if you've been to Austin, you probably stayed at Hotel San Jose at some point. And uh, what an amazing story! Before we get to Liz, though, let me say, uh, let me just say a couple things. We just this weekend we had uh, our first ever Texas 100, Texas 100, a century, held out at uh, out in Burnett, Texas, at Reveille Peak Ranch. Uh, I want to be, send a big shout out to Val Montgomery, his whole staff for for letting us have the event out there, uh, as well as Holland Racing, Andrew Willis, Kelly, everybody in that crew for helping us produce it, and uh, and most importantly to the hundreds and hundreds of people that came out from all over the world uh, to participate in this event. We had some crazy storms blow through, so good job, people hanging in there. Um, I had an amazing time. I think the route, I've said this before, I think the route and the course is one of the best that I've ever seen. Coupled with the setting at Reveille, um, coupled with uh, just the beautiful hill country, it's, uh, it, it was a blast. And, uh, you know, good hard ride, barbecue and cold beer after. Uh, speaking of cold beer, big shout out to friends and allies for coming and providing all the beer, even making up a special um, a special beer just for the ride and for the riders. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the event, uh, you know, while it was June 3rd this year, I think we may go to shift it a little bit earlier next year to kind of capitalize haha, on uh, on the, the wildflower season out there uh, in the hill country. So just look for that. I promise for 2018 that registration will be open longer than seven weeks before the event. I don't really know what I was thinking there. Um, Probably be more like seven months. So uh, stay tuned and um, enjoy Liz Lambert. I'll have a great day. Liz Lambert. Yes. Hi, Lance. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I've known you a long time. That's true. How long ago, do you think? I think... uh, Eight, ten years? No, I think it's more. More? Because ten years ago gets us to 2007, so I think it's longer. You're right, more like 2004 or something. We were both in the Texas Monthly, the Future of Texas issue. Mm. It had to have been... When we had futures. But you've never been the bum steer. (laughs) Like yours truly. (laughs) Have you only been bum steer once? Once, only once. Once. What what are you... (laughs) Is that a real? Did you just ask that question on my podcast? I was just she comes checking. out of the gate, just, just 
giving me grief. Like, were you bump steer cover bump steer? Um, no. Mark, you were, was I? I was the cover. But yeah, I should, so bump steer is, is well, Texas Monthly is that's right because right. a lot of our listeners are not from Texas or from Austin, and but Texas Monthly is kind of the coolest, most influential magazine in this state and actually nationwide. Has been for a while, a long time. Um, uh, my friend Evan Smith was the editor for a long time. I just yeah. still adore. But every year they give the bum steer to to somebody that just does done something incredibly stupid. And then they do, but they do, you know, like hundreds of bum steers that are just sort of footnotes mm. for people that do stupid I thought things I, across Mark, the I thought state. I was the, the, the cover bum steer. I think I was. I feel, I feel like you're even competitive about being <laughs> the yeah. bum steer. He really, if they're going to name all the losers, he wants to be the biggest loser. Well, yeah. I mean, come I on. Mean, then you it. win yeah. at losing. Yeah. 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 I am wow. truly the first place loser. <laughs> I don't believe that. Let's, you know, and and I love your story. And I love it because, you know, I moved to Austin 30 years ago. And when I moved here, like, I, you probably got here, you got here before me, obviously. Um, but it was a small town. Like, it felt, uh, it was truly weird. What they, it really was, wasn't yeah, it? It, it was, was weird. Just talking about that last night. I mean, the growth is just explosive. Yep. yep. I mean, it's a different place. Right. But places like, you know, when I moved here, I moved just off Lamar, and there was no traffic on Lamar and Mopac, and there was nobody even on Mopac, which is the, the highway that runs just on the west side of town. But places like South First, South Congress, uh, North Burnett Road, I mean, you, you wouldn't go down there. No, yeah, it was super dicey on South Congress, right. which is, for people that don't know or don't know Austin well, uh, it's just south of downtown, right yeah. across the river. and Very close. yeah. It was, um, there was a whole thing, you know, that I think it happened in a lot of cities where when the um, highway went in, first of all, I-35 for Austin and then Mopac on the west side, there was a lot of uh, just traffic suddenly didn't go through downtown anymore. Mm. And so downtowns died. Yep. And South Congress, which was, you know, it used to be the main highway to uh, San Antonio from Austin. <laughs> Interesting. It went from the capital. Because it went straight from the capital. All the way to San Antonio. Right. And so it was a main thoroughfare. Yep. And uh, But it was just, it was super dicey by, I guess, the 80s. Yep. But certainly by the 90s. I mean, lots of, you know, junkies, hookers. Right. And so the that's, Continental Club. So, and, and that's right. I read, uh, I didn't know this, but it makes ter- perfect sense. But you were at a gig at the Continental Club, which is, is a great, you know, old Austin institution, live music venue, been around for a long time. Steve Wertheimer is a really mm-hmm. cool dude, owns that. And your first property, your first hotel was across the street. The San and, Jose. And right. you always, according to the article, you would look over there and go, gosh, you know. Maybe Wonder that. what's up with that. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. I used to be a lawyer and, um, you know, I, I did. I, I'm I, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I bet you. Wait a minute! I have another lawyer in my life. Ah, fuck! I know you have a warm spot for the legal profession. Just Um, money out the door. (laughs) But I went to I I um, went to undergrad at UT and then Mm -hmm. well finished undergrad at UT and then went to law school at UT Mm -hmm. and then my I moved to New York right after that and I moved back to Austin, God like ninety four ninety five, and South Congress was super dead. Right. Um, meaning. It was a little bit of a red light district. I mean, you you were going to either go to the Continental Club to listen to music, or there wasn't there were no cars or on buy the street. drugs or buy drugs. Yeah, mm. pick up a hooker. You know that 
sort of thing. Not that I did any of those things. Um, uh, yeah. But anyway, me, me I neither. Moved, me neither. <laughs> when I moved back to Austin, I moved into that neighborhood in Travis Heights, which is a great mm. um, old neighborhood in Austin. But there was nobody. There weren't houses were cheap. Nobody was on South Congress, but the Continental Club, which is a legendary live music place, yeah. w- was there, and the San Jose was sitting across the street from um, from the Continental Club, and it was seafoam green with like orange doors, and it never looked like anybody was there because, as it turns out, there were a lot of people there. It's a, it was a twenty four room motel at the time, right? And um, but Who owned it at the time? It was a, a couple named the Sus, um, Taiwanese couple, yep. and they'd owned it for I had like 15 years, and um, they were the only people that worked there except for one guy, Mr. Wu, who was an elderly gentleman who cleaned the rooms. And I swear to God, he was close to blind. I mean, it was, and he got paid to clean the rooms, so I don't think he did a great job. But Right. But um, from what I've heard... You would almost want to be blind if you were cleaning. If you <laughs> if, if you had to clean the rooms of the San Jose in, Back then, in the early nineties, yeah. you would want to be blind and it, probably have no sense no sense of smell, no sense of smell, and that not was be able to like if you scratched and sniffed the smell of the San Jose back then. Yeah, it would pretty much. And we're talking, you. we're truly talking hookers. Yeah, uh, junkies, crack pipes, syringes, people down on their luck. I mean, some good people, some. Um, some people that were living paycheck to paycheck barely, or somebody that was, you know, with their disability check there and just super unlucky, but definitely some dark things went down there. And, um, I bought, I didn't, I didn't know whether it would be, um, it wasn't for sale. And it just so happened that I finally decided I, I was curious enough about it. I was tired of being a lawyer, tired of traveling around, um, because I was, uh, practicing law for the state so I was, I was going you know to laredo or or to el paso and li- living out of a motel and trying cases mm-hmm. and so i went and knocked on the door basically and asked asked the uh Seuss whether they would ever consider selling the san jose and it was totally serendipity they said they were about to put it on the market the next week mm-hmm. and they were going to put it for sale in the chinese newspaper which was a way that 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 the San Jose and a lot of these, you know, there were tons of these little motor courts that were, because Congress was the main thoroughfare to San Antonio, when car travel started in the 30s, 40s, a lot of these little uh, motor courts popped up mm. all along the way. A lot of them been torn down, but if you ever drive out Congress, or I would say in any town that you are near a main route of travel, if if it were kind of looked over at some point, a lot of these motor courts will still be there. Yeah, you know, and and again, it, they are places where oftentimes yeah. not good things go down. And when you buy it, and they, or they agree to sell it, you 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 think, yeah, this is serendipity. You buy it. Your thought was, I'll just you know sort of freshen up some of the rooms and run this thing. <laughs> God, I didn't know so much right. then, which I, mean, I I think is cool because I like even even this studio, for example. Like when I bought this thing. This thing was, you know, the studio back here was just a dump. And I was like, well, let's just fix it up. Like, I like that idea of, well, well, let's just make it a better space. Just rolling up your sleeves and getting in there. I shouldn't, well, I, you know, uh, yeah, I never, (laughs) 
I'm going <laughs> to be, I'm be real like, honest. I didn't roll up so my I rolled hammer? up my sleeves to do other things, but I didn't uh, pick up a hammer. You had no or, hammers. Or, you know, lay any carpet in here. Yeah, got it. Well, um, I didn't know what I didn't know, and I wouldn't be in this business had I probably, it, had I gone and gotten an MBA instead of a law degree, I probably would have never thought I could do what I did with the San Jose. Yep. I mean, a lot of it was, like I said, serendipity. I mean, I asked the right question at the right time. I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know how difficult it might be. Things hadn't turned around on South Congress yet. So, lamb, you know, things were really cheap. And But there was enough urban infill coming to Austin. That there was enough uh, motion in place for Austin that I was in the right place at the right time. And now you're, you're the queen of South Congress. I mean, you really are. Between, <clears throat> between Hotel San Jose... The Austin Motel, St. Cecilia, all the whole, you know, the, the project on the corner of Congress, just near St. Cecilia, which is now something yeah. going up there. Mm-hmm. We're building a hotel right behind that, the Magdalena, mm. so next to the St. Cecilia. Yeah, so much change going on yep. down there. But, you know, we've become, uh, we have grown past South Congress as well, which is kind of exciting right. for us because we... Uh, are, we've become part of Standard Hotels out of New right. York. Yeah, I read that. The, so, so Standard or the Standard bought fifty-one percent of Bunkhouse, which right. is the parent company, which is my company, right? And how many hotels or properties in in and under Bunkhouse? Um, right now, six. We have the properties you just named, mm-hmm. and we also we just opened in Todos Santos in Baja. Yep, we opened San Cristobal. We have uh, one that is near and dear to my heart, El Cosmico, yep. where you've been. You talk a and, lot about it, yep. And Marfa. I don't know why I just thought of this, but not the SRO, because I was thinking, when you said SRO, it, it reminded me about STRs, which are short-term rentals, which is the homeaways of the world and the Airbnbs, just as, as a general question for the, for the industry, the hotel industry, which I don't think that Airbnb, I mean, your, your places are full every night. Every hotel is full every night of the year but in general has the industry the hotel industry been affected by the airbnbs and the home aways and for the, sure yeah for sure i would think and well i mean it changes the number of people that need a place to stay right and people that are seeking a different experience mm-hmm. um i think airbnb is a great thing by the way i mean i, I love it yeah it's it's I love a hotel, so there are certain times that I really want to be in a hotel and get room service and, you know, like, draw the blackout shades and, you know, you name it. But an Airbnb allows you to stay in, deeper into a community in, in, uh, in a different way. So I think there... I think there's room for both. With neighbors who hate the fact that that house is on Airbnb. So <laughs> you're like, oh, times. look, we have neighbors, and they're going... What are you doing here? Well, you know, there's a lot of regulation around yeah. that. I mean, in New York, you can only yeah. use, you know, rent a certain num- number of nights a year. Yeah. And here in Austin, I think, yeah. what did we are up to uh, 2020 or something? There, the STRs are sort of done. Or- exactly. Um, you know, and I think there's a place for that kind of regulation because you also don't want to, you know, you have the problem with the landlords buying entire buildings and then just renting them through Airbnb and they're, then they're avoiding the hotel occupancy tax, all, all that kind of thing. Yeah, I read in the, the New York Times had an article last week about the industry, not, not specific. I think they probably mentioned some of the bigger chains that are trying to sort of localize their room so that these people, you know, they, they want to, they're going to stay in a hotel, but they, 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 they want that neighborhood community feel that they get with Airbnb. 
So trying to somehow. some hotels are trying to do that. Yeah, I think people, you know, I think since the you know the hotel industry is always changing, but what's funny about it is it's glacially slow mm. to adapt to certain things. Um, but you know, back in the day, there was a uh, there was a desire for homogenization of the hotel experience, exactly because the places like the motor courts that were up and down you know, the highway, because you would be traveling by car and you'd go to one and it would be terrible. I mean, it'd be flea back, completely awful. Yeah. And the next one may be great. And so there was no way to be able to know what you were going to get. Mm. And so you in came Holiday Inn and... Uh, so people knew exactly what... Exactly, what you could count on it. Yes, you know? I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, you know what you're going to get. At so, a courtyard by Marriott, you know, you know what? Although I was bumped off a plane the other day, other night, late at night in Houston... And you went, were bumped off a plane? Yeah. I mean, not like, not like not United, not dragged or beaten up or anything yeah. like that. But, you know, unfortunately. we're going to break that story right now. If you, got, <laughs> if you got beat up or dragged off the plane, this shit's going worldwide right now. I love it. I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah. Um, but uh, I, end, I wasn't on my way to Houston, but I ended up in Houston. Mm. And I stayed at, a, they sent me to Hilton Garden Inn. And I went to check in and I seriously asked, I said, could I have a room that opens onto the garden? Yeah. I mean, I thought there was a garden at the Hilton Garden Inn. Right. No. I think I am somebody who's gullible enough to think that there is a courtyard yeah. at the courtyard by Marriott. Yeah. See that you got a degree in law, not a degree <laughs> in, in marketing and you know storytelling. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I, you, you know, uh, racing the tour for so many years, being in Europe, and obviously the tours twenty one days and every night, almost every night, is a different hotel and. And some nights you might have, you know, a five-star place that you're so lucky to get into. And other nights you're going to, you, you will stay in the biggest dump. I mean, yeah. it would have been San Jose in the eighties and, and you don't know the names. Right. And so, but Europe also too has, you know, the hotel Campanile and the Ibis and the Mercure and all these things. And so we'd get the list of hotels before the tour. And, you know, some of them would be like uh, hotel de Ville. You're like, that could be five stars or it could be negative five Who stars. Who knows? And then you'd see a Campanile and I'd go, and people are like, oh man, maybe maybe that Hotel de Ville is nice. I'm like, forget that. At least with the Campanile. You know what you're we, getting. I know exactly what yeah. I'm getting. I know exactly. what the room is going to look like. I know what the kitchen's going to look like. And think how that can affect your, I mean, you think, I, I liked would, it's not going to be that big of a deal. We'll get whatever. But you know, when that day arrives or that night arrives, you really want to be able to count on the place, right? right? Because exactly. by the way, the Hotel de Ville could be the most extraordinary place ever, but you could be, you know, sleeping yeah. on the floor. It's not worth rolling the dice. It's not. Give me that campanile. Yeah. So, so there was a whole movement there for you know the holiday ends of the world and the homogenization and the dependability and the brand standard and all that kind of stuff. And then sometime, you know, you could say it was with Schrager. You could say it was with, was with Chip Conley at Joie de Vivre. At some point, uh, and you're familiar, of course, with Morgan's was one of the very yep. first. Um, because you've loved hotels for a long time and been involved in hotels. Morgan Hotel. I was on the board of the Morgan Hotel Group, just as full disclosure. Um, Um, but it, it, and of course you travel a lot, so you have, uh, you know, a a lot of experience, but in Morgan's might've been the first boutique hotel, um, or one of the first. And that thing, that started to change a hotel experience. And it was at a time where people actually wanted to have, some difference in in the in their stay or in their experience or or have a reflection of what the place they were in yeah. was about. 
you do see a lot more of that, of that in Europe. You know, yeah. the hotels that aren't chain hotels or that are independent. Yeah. Um, I th- last summer I stayed in the Malfi Coast at huh. Les Sirenus, and just insanely beautiful yeah. and well, that, incredible. That blessed with that setting. It's, it, it's um, you know what I love in a hotel. Not that you asked me, but I, it just came to mind when you start talking about Morgan. I love a simple hotel. So my favorite hotel is the Sunset Tower on Sunset You've Strip. told me that. I love that. I've, and what I love, I love that it's old and it's got history and John Wayne lived there with his horse and all, all these people live there. Um, but I love the fact that you literally check in. Well, first of all, you, you pull in the little cul-de-sac or the, uh, what do you call it? The, you know, driveway, the whatever. Driveway, whatever. Walk to the, it's five steps to the check-in. It's then five steps to the elevator. You take the elevator and it is no more than five steps to your room. I love, like, I don't like these half mile hikes down a hallway to your room. I can't, and I only bring it up because I was in Boston the other night. Uh, for, Mark and I were there for a meeting, and I stayed at this place, and I don't ever go to Boston, but we got set up at this place called 15 Beacon, X5, like Roman numeral, 15 Beacon. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. Same thing. I mean, I, it was, it might have been six steps to my room from the <laughs> elevator. I was like, oh my God, I'm in I heaven. love that Lance Armstrong doesn't want to expend the energy to walk down the hall to your room. Like, this is the important thing in a hotel to you. Yeah, I don't How I, many steps from the elevator it, to the it room? Just, it, you know, I, well, first of all, I like to, I don't, I don't use, no offense to them, but I like to carry my own bags. So if I've got my bags, starting to roll, I can, I can get my, I got it, guys. You don't need to meet me at the room, bring my bag. I'll bring, so I like the walk to be a little shorter. <laughs> It's a funny story, too, totally unrelated to you or I. Uh, Fausto Coppi was one of the greatest cyclists of all time, Italian. Um, and during his racing career, if he got to the hotel and it involved steps to get to his room, here's one of the greatest athletes, endurance athletes in the world at the time. If there were steps to get to his room, he would not stay there. He'd just turn around. And, yeah. and you know, you, you, you understand that he walked further to turn around and go somewhere else. But he wouldn't take the steps. <laughs> I love that. That's a good story. I love the Sunset Tower. Love and it. I think, do you love those corner rooms? I mean, so beautiful we, art deco. Yes. Just, and, and, you know, great restaurant. The top floor is the, the two rooms. That's the way to on go. The, on the, we've been lucky enough to get to know the ownership there and management. And so they, Jeff Klein. Yeah, he's really nice dude. And so they always. And take, they also have one of the great concierge or one of the great concierges. I don't know. Is he a concierge? What the do res- you, Dominique? Yeah, Dimi- Dimitri. Dimitri. Dimitri runs the restaurant. Yeah, I mean, he's but he's more than just that. He's, he's like a character in movies. He is straight out of a movie. I and think he, that sometimes he plays himself in movies. And anybody that's ever been in a movie and you're in there, he will let you know that that person <laughs> over there, Lance, don't look right now. Johnny Depp is over there. Johnny Depp. <laughs> he's not supposed Johnny. to be talking. You know, oh, you're no, supposed but he, to have a great deal. That's of his shtick. No, <laughs> don't, Lance, don't look right now. Jennifer Aniston just walked in. <laughs> I mean, that's no shit. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I love that place. See, I love the Chateau, and I know the I know Chateau. You, I, read, I read that that's your favorite hotel well, in the world. Well, it might not. I, I think Lake Serenus or the, uh, oh, my God, what's the name of the other one in, on the Amalfi Coast further up? Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. Yeah, I but, don't know the answer. But uh, the I love a hotel where there's a lot of indoor-outdoor mm. experience, especially you're in L.A. I now, we now have a house in L.A., and so I don't get to go to hotels as much there anymore hmm. and i miss it a little bit yeah sometimes i just you know would go sit in the lobby yeah i like the chateau i, I wouldn't you know I, I prefer the sunset tower it's just a, it's not as a lot of people do yeah the scene is is totally different and 
I, I think I the same architect, I believe. Is the chateau? Is the chateau designed? I didn't know that. Those. I, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They don't build things like that anymore. When you say, because you mentioned this a second ago, and I actually had this written down, that standard, the standard hotel group bought fifty-one percent of your hotel group bunkhouse. Right. I mean, how does that work? I mean, you still have. It works great, yeah. and you know, I could it, think of it like. Um, uh, LVMH. Mm -hmm. You have Louis Vuitton, you have Moet, Hennessy, whatever. They're yep. all separate brands. They're all under one umbrella. Yep. And so for us, uh, the standard... But most people see 51 and they're like, okay, you're, that means you're, you're 49. You're screwed, right? Yeah. You're screwed. You got, you're, Andre's has, making the calls and Liz... It's been you know. very, very different for us. Um, uh, and I was, I was hesitant in the beginning. And in the beginning, they only bought 20% of us. The standard did. But it was working out so well a couple of years later that I was I was fine going mm. to fifty one percent. It um of course there is control issue, but it's never been an issue and it's actually been fantastic. They really help us in the back of house. They help us with things like uh um some creative, but mostly things like, you know, accounting, financials, um, yield management, the stuff that might be unsexy, yeah. you know, a bit, but things that you can get some efficiency in uh with a with a bigger group working on it, so it's really helping us grow. Hmm. So standards going to continue to grow in a different market than us. You think of standards, you think of the, like the standard Highline, um, and it's supposed to. I've never been there or seen it, but it's supposed to be amazing, right? So as Lance was alluding to, Andre Belaz um, created a standard. I don't know how long ago, 12, 15 years ago, the first one on Sunset, as a brand that was. Um, a little different than the stuff he was doing, like yeah. Chateau and the Mercer and stuff like that, and something that could be replicated or a brand that could grow on its own. And so there's a couple in Miami, there's a couple in New York, and then in Los Angeles. They're about to open. All the them. places he likes to go to. <laughs> exactly. They're about to open yeah. in London. Oh, really? Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got, in San Francisco, is start is starting a build-out. But they're big hotels. They're yeah. 200, 300-room hotels going to be in gateway cities and grow internationally. Hmm. And so that leaves Bunkhouse to kind of grow in these markets that are um, probably mostly in the U.S., hmm. but in smaller cities that are secondary markets. Or But to me, kind of more exciting in the way of we've got something in, in the works, hopefully very soon, any moment now, in New Orleans, which Ooh, I'm super excited about. You alluded to about. in one of these articles. Yeah. And Nashville, Nashville, which I've to. always wanted to be in Nashville. Yeah, music towns. Yeah, we're starting in Atlanta. We've already, uh, we're can go in, in Atlanta. We've got a deal there. We're looking. We're sitting in America. You think so? I'm just kidding, sort of. <laughs> yeah, big, hot traffic. Yeah, I like Atlanta. it. I like, uh, I, I struggle in Atlanta. You know, I've spent I, some I'm time. I'm not trying to offend anybody from Atlanta, but I struggle there. Yeah, I, you know, I went for the first time in a while this last year, and I really loved it. Okay. I was, but I was surprised by that. Well, you landed at noon. There was a, there was no <laughs> there was <traffic>. a breeze. <laughs> it was, there was no know, breeze, right? And it was seventy five. And anyways. yeah, wow, exactly. Well, we'll see. But you guys get you to know. go, despite being you know forty nine percent of the deal. If you want to go to New Orleans or to Nashville or to Memphis, wherever, yeah, you get to go. Yeah, standard saying, is behind us to yeah. grow our brand, to yeah. grow Bunkhouse, because we're doing. While we might have some of the same DNA, which is what you were talking about a little bit is a, a hotel with some, I hate to use the word authenticity, something with something where the, a hotel isn't just a hotel, yeah. but we're interested in things like music and 
style and um, just different things in different cities. We're interested in uh, being more of a gathering place mm. and uh, more of a community, which is one thing you yep. can't get with Airbnb, right? And you might have already answered this, but what city in America most needs one of your hotels? Well, I'm going to say right now, New Orleans and Nashville. Orleans. Okay. <laughs> but maybe well, Atlanta. But uh, no, I, I do think... Well, you, you've traveled there and you've been like, oh my God, there is... I, I never know where to stay in Nashville. Okay. I never... If, so, I don't know if you ever go to Nashville, but I'm like, I, never I don't know where to stay in Nashville. New Orleans now, there's an ace there in which I've stayed at the last couple of times I've been and I've really enjoyed. Hmm. But I, uh, New Orleans also has, you know, they have that old Grand Windsor Court which I kind of love, but it feels super 80s. Yep. And they uh, they have, you know, a couple, couple of smaller properties that I think New Orleans is a, an amazing town. I mean, I yep. think, you know, the most European city in the U.S., it still has a lot of grit and... A lot of character. A lot of character, yeah. And, and it's got, the, it, it, to me, and I don't go there very often at all, but it's got edges. Yeah. I mean, it's still... Which is... Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you, you know? got to watch your step, but I mean, it, yeah. it's it's nice to know that, you know, we're not in Disneyland. Yeah, for sure. I and mean, it's got some, it's got some bite if you want to, mm -hmm. if you want to get bit. <laughs> it's Which, true. But um, we're also looking at a deal in Santa Fe that I, I would love to be in Santa Fe. I, I want to be in a ski town and we've gone down the road with a few different places. Come on up to Aspen. I know. Right? There's no, the Santa Fe, there's no, it's too far away, the mountain. and It's because I'm from West Texas. I grew up skiing yeah. in New Mexico. Taos, Santa Fe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's ski ski place would be great. And what is, and, and I don't want to ask you what what's the, your favorite, I'm sure you, I mean, I saw it in all these articles, but and I'm sure you've been asked a million more times, what's your favorite hotel? But it, what hotel have you been in where you're like, how can I own this? Or why, why don't I own this? Or I want to own this. It might be the one in the Amalfi Coast, but you know, yeah. just where you wanted, whether, you know, the position of it, the business of it. I mean, all of the, the package. Well, and so like the ones on the Amalfi Coast, why am I not, San Pietro? What is the name of that place? I'll, I'll remember when I look at my phone. As soon as we phone. stop recording this, yes. you'll remember. When I look at my phone. <laughs> um, but those to me, I'm so happy that I don't own them. I'm so happy that I visit them, and I don't have to think about, you know, I go to a hotel, one of our hotels, and I'm constantly thinking about what needs to be fixed or what's wrong or how to improve it or, you know, who's not busting the table or if whatever it is. It's so nice to go to a place that you don't think about anything but how right the spritz is that they're yeah, bringing you on the beach something chair. In Europe is, yeah. is inevitably and these are small places mm. and it's high l labor and yep. yeah so no, europe's different it's, it's yeah. not happy i don't but you know now we're operating in mexico and that's different as well that's a little bit of a challenge yeah tell us about that because you just opened Toto santos you were texting me about that i hadn't looked at the pictures until i started just doing my research and then i was i was even just before we started i was like oh my god like this, this, you're gonna love it down there. I thought I, I don't know why I thought you were like in town or uh, I opened well, the post, opened the pictures, and you're literally like spitting in the water. Yeah, you, you are to totally. There's a uh, you know. So we just opened in outside of Cabo. So you fly into Cabo. It's this little town called Todos Santos. It's about now you don't have to go through Cabo anymore by the Applebee's the or the this. Or the, over. Yeah. Right. So it's uh it's probably a 45 the minute Applebee's. Hour. No, seriously, Squid Cabo. Row. <laughs> The, Cabo the, the is, Bente Bente Strip Club. I mean, it's terrible. I, I, I mean, I've heard those places are there. <laughs> 
So you can bypass yeah. all that. Right. You don't even have to think about that. And go straight uh, from the airport to yeah. Todos Santos. It's going to change Todos Santos, which um, will be sad in in some ways because it's, it it's this little surf yeah. town, big art scene. Yeah, it will change exactly. And it was hard to get to him, and that's part of the beauty of it. Mm. But um, the new highway was coming, and it's uh, you know it's it's great mm. um, for as far as if you're going from the airport there. The, so leaving aside the politics and the real change that's coming for Todos Santos, mm. which is we could talk about for hours about development and and what that does to small towns, you know, what does a place like Marfa. But all that aside, the hotel is about two miles outside of Cabo. I mean, outside of Todos Santos. Um, Which on is the, like an hour from... From the, the airport. Yeah. Direct, uh, right on the beach. Mm. The water's rough there. It's a, uh, Todos Santos and that whole area, well known for great surf breaks. Yep. Also mountain biking, dirt biking. Dirt biking. Dirt biking. I've been yep. doing some dirt biking down Come there, on. which is so... I just bought a um, uh, motorcycle okay. down there, which I you're, you're, you're really convincing me to go. And, Watch um, out for the cactus down there. Yoga, um, yoga. hiking... Uh, the food is incredible because, it, oddly enough, this whole part of uh, Baja, small part of Baja, is right over an aquifer. And so they do light industrial farming down there. So they're growing strawberries and basil and you, you name it, they're growing it. And uh, you, it's lots of farm to table. Uh, well, isn't there like food. a green, uh, my friend of mine, former governor of Colorado, Bill Ritter, is working, with, there's some hotel yeah. or... or it's uh, it's the same group that we're working with, and okay. they, there's now a CSU campus. It's so he's small. so he's now back to teaching at CSU, and, yep. he, and he was trying to tell me about this project he was working on at Total exactly. Santos. Exactly. So what they're doing is digging into sustainability. Cool. And uh, it's a great way for students from Colorado State to go down and actually look at, you know, this that kind of farming in a in a manageable way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If he's ever down there, you you would love the governor. He he's just the sweetest guy. Um, totally straight up. I love him. I mean, this is a guy who was a governor in Colorado for obviously for his term, four years. And, and after four years, he said, you know what? Don't want to do it anymore. I've, I've had enough of this. Yeah. And he was very popular. was, you know, obviously could have won again or, or probably would have won again. He's like, no, this isn't Interesting. for me. So what's he doing now? So now he's Just back teaching. teaching at CSU and, and working on these projects and likes That's to great. ride his bike and uh, really cool guy. You would enjoy him. Yeah. Well, I bet we'll be in the same place sometime soon. Yeah, you will. But you're right about the water there. I, I think Cabo's a little worse. That water, you know, people you know, people get near that water, people start freaking out. Well, it's a really short shelf, and so you really don't want to just wander into the water. I'm, again, from West Texas. Yep. I don't want to get, you know, more than, you know, 10, 12 feet from yep. it. Any I really hate swimming in the ocean. Any concern, you know, most people would, I don't know if it's, the same, gotten better, gotten worse, I don't know. But Mexico, uh, you know, at least if you read the American press, whether it's a Texas paper or the New York Times, I mean, you read often about just the corruption and the crime and the cartels. And, right. And, you know, but to me, Baja feels... It's a little different. It's a, de it's a dead-end street. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of narco-traffic there at right. all because who really wants to go to that peninsula and then have to get over to the mainland, right. no, you know? Dead, I mean, it's... You yeah. Could, they feel like they're going to get cornered down there. Yeah. Cabo's, Cabo's been largely immune to any of that. Yeah. You know, there's a little a little something in La Paz, but for the most part, you feel it feels like the Mexico I visited growing up 
you know, as a kid, when we go to Juarez or go wherever in Mexico, um, it feels safe like that. It feels like a small beach town in Mexico that was kind of left. Yeah. It's interesting with, with, cause Cabo is so popular and so developed and I, and I love, I'm a huge fan of Cabo. I love it. Um, and I love Mexico, love Mexican food, love the Mexican people. And, but now here you go to Todos Santos, then Four Seasons goes to more towards La Paz right. or, or in that corridor, the East right. Cape of Cabo, the East Side. Yep. And then I think um, they're going to they're gonna border that beach with Four Seasons and um, what's the other fancy one? Ritz. No, but- the, the uh, isn't, or is it not the, what's the super swanky one? Super swanky. They have one in Utah. They have them in oh, Amon. Amon Resort. Yeah, I thought they were doing... They probably are doing Amon yeah. down there. It makes sense down there, closer to La Paz. Yeah. There's some beautiful beaches by La Paz. It, yeah, and that um, water is different. Yeah, I am so... Uh, I, I see the place in the world for a resort, in a yeah. gated resort, but I so would prefer to go to a place... An ungated place, yeah. a not all-inclusive sort mm. of thing. A lot of people, I mean, especially if you don't have a lot of time, like to go do that and just, you know, sit on the sit on the chaise under the umbrella. Somebody hand you a margarita, and there is a place in the world for that. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> but there's, you know, the one thing you're going to get going to a place like Todos Santos is, you know, you're going to get, uh, you're going to be more exposed to. Yeah, lo- it's more it's yeah, it's local. it's local. Yeah. It's local. It's not You're uh, going to eat some fish tacos on the street, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you know one good thing about this project uh for me was that we did we designed and had fabricated almost every piece of furniture in the hotel. Hmm. Um just in lots of textiles, lots of stuff in Mexico because we weren't we couldn't import anything really for the most part because it was uh because of the markup because of taxes, but also because just of the wall. Yeah, that big wall that is just right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but uh, it was fantastic because I traveled all over Mexico and met so many artisans and uh, fabricators and steel workers and you know people weaving. And I went to Puebla. I went to Oaxaca. I went to Mexico City to the flea markets. Mm. Um, went to Guadalajara, which is a really beautiful city, industrial, but really beautiful. Yep. Had lots of furniture made there. Went to uh, tiles made. It was a whole education, and it was so fun to travel throughout Mexico. Yeah. I'm going to really come down Mexico. there. You, you, got, you convinced me when you said, when I saw, first of all, saw the pictures, then now you're talking about riding motorcycles and and. Obviously, you can borrow my bike. Every listener of this show, thank you. Mm-hmm. Every listener of the show knows that I have a real uh, weakness and affinity and soft spot for margaritas. <laughs> I call them a lancerita, but um, so. Oh my God. I, You're going to be like the Sammy Hagar of. <laughs> oh no, he's already done it. Yeah. Cabo Wabo. Cabo right. Wabo. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm um, he beat me to it. <laughs> the Red Rocker. Did you. Are you speaking of rock. Um, were you aware that the Foo Fighters were going to record an EP at one of your hotels and call it the Saint, Saint Cecilia? Cecilia? No, you see, I, I, I was. That's amazing. You didn't. I didn't know it. Uh, you How know, cool so, was here's that? what happened: was um, the Foo Fighters had taken over the Saint Cecilia. For the, those of you who don't know, Saint Cecilia is 14 rooms 
in South Austin, right off of Congress, and um, it's the best hotel in Austin. I really love no, it that is. place. There's, yeah. there's the problem is there's 14 rooms, so if, yeah, if 15 of you want to go, somebody's somebody you know, is going to be on the lawn, right, or doubling up. It is amazing. Well, so it's it's not open to the public as far as the restaurant, small restaurant and bar goes, because we were we're far enough into the neighborhood that we had to make an agreement with the neighborhood that we would not be open to the public, because of course the neighbors were worried that, you know, all the things that happen when you put a bar in the middle of a neighborhood. So we were a little we were a little worried about how we were going to be able to keep the bar open and have enough business, but. It's been a blessing in disguise because there's a, an exclusivity to it. Right. But it also means people like the Foo Fighters or, you know, whoever it may be. They're Stones g- stay there. So many people. Pearl Jam st- stays there. So when they come for the festival. They can stay there and not be bothered the, Yeah, at all. that's the deal. They tell. They can take you know, all the rooms. They say, we'll enough. take the whole place down and nobody's going to mess with us. And we right. got the whole band, the crew, our friends, and boom. You know, they're playing like Pearl Jam's like playing Scrabble and, you know. You know, yeah. whatever, ordering pizza out. Just another day in the life of Liz Lambert. What's up, Eddie? Who's winning? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. So when uh, when uh, the Foo Fighters came to stay, they were going to record it in Ar- at Arlen, the, sure. the studio. There's a recording studio right behind the St. Cecilia. Willie Nelson's studio. Yeah, Willie Nelson's old studio is great, and lots of great music has been made there. But I think they got a little, like, enshrined at the... At uh, Saint Cecilia, and here's the deal: they had they they were taking it for ACL, so they had both weekends, so they had time off between the two weekends. And I think they got a little lazy about even walking over to the studio, and they had the whole place. Which is, is um, just you know, for the listener, five it's steps, a, yeah, like steps. a thirty second walk max. <laughs> but you understand the number of steps that you know sure. can be a real barrier. Yeah. So they had the whole place, and they said, "Would it be okay if we turn the bar basically into?" A recording studio, and they took the lobby because nobody was checking in, and they made it an ISO booth, isolation booth, basically, set up some other equipment back in the kitchen, and then they just, at their leisure, recorded a five-song EP, and uh, my friend... So you knew they were recording? We knew they were recording once they started, at that point, because they just left everything set up, you know, day in, day out, and like, my friend Ben Queller came around and ended up sitting, he ended up singing uh, background vocals on the song The Saint Cecilia, which was kind of awesome that yep. they wrote a song called Saint Cecilia. Sure. And then um, he ended up on stage with them the next weekend at ACL. Uh, Dave Grohl at the time had that broken leg, so he had some kind of weird contraption he sat he in. Had, yeah, he had like a throne. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it was. Which might explain why he didn't want to walk over to Arlen Studios. I mean, yeah, but I, I yeah, when is when when we sold our old house and we're moving, uh, redoing uh, the current house we live in, which was uh, Ben Barnes's old house, so you probably know well. That summer that we were redoing it, I was having to come back to Austin from Colorado to uh, do stuff with the kids, et cetera, and so I would stay at the Saint Cecilia, and it was like, man, it was like home. It, it just, yeah, you wouldn't, why leave? Yeah. It's very comfortable there. Yeah. It's um for those of you listening who don't know it, it's what's beautiful about it is that it's has one of uh the most beautiful huge live oaks that kind of spans mm. uh, you know the entire property with its with its uh, yeah. limbs and Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's uh Yeah. That's that's my people ask me all the time where should I stay? I'm like, "Well, if you if you can get in, then you need to stay at St. Cecilia. 
That's sweet. Thank and Saint Cecilia means it does. It means like the patron saint of music, right? Well, yeah. Or I mean, uh, Saint Cecilia was a patron saint of music and poetry. So go. yeah, perfect. <laughs> I thought so. What's up with our friend Charlie Mars? You know, I was wondering about Charlie just the other Charlie, day. Charlie, if you're listening, we miss you. I was just actually asking my wife Erin, "What's up with Charlie Mars? Where is he?" Because he's always every time he comes, I to thought town, he stays he at his place. With, well, he used to he used to go between your place and my place. And the old house had a big guest house, so I was like, "Okay, Charlie, you can you stay in the guest house and and um and the, or if he didn't do that, he would stay at, at my place." Yeah, I think my place was kind of a step down. Uh-huh. I think he tried to get into your place first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're full. Call Liz. <laughs> no, he's he's living in uh, he's living in Mississippi and and doing his thing. He's here. I love he, Charlie. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. He, 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 he has, you should have him on your podcast. I have. I, we, we've talked about it. Okay. And um, he kind of does his regular thing at Saxon Pub, and, you know, he's he's Charlie. You know what he tried really hard to get, and I think he apparently was close. So Jimmy Buffett is doing a Broadway play about Jimmy Buffett. Uh-huh. Um, and so they were looking for uh, somebody to play Jimmy Buffett. Um, I and, never think Charlie Mars, Jimmy Buffett. I mean, it's they're just, both from Mississippi. That's true. They both, but but if you're if you're trying to cast Jimmy Buffett and you're an actor and you can't play guitar and you can't sing, that's right. tough. But if you can play guitar and can, and can sing, but you're not necessarily an actor, that's also tough. Right. But he made it pretty far apparently into that process. I of, like that. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll. Did, so he didn't him. didn't get the part. He, he's not going to be Jimmy Buffett. I think he may have. Um, I think you should continue on with this endeavor. Yeah, I'm glad that we could. This, we could give Charlie. We're giving you a little bit of career advice. Yeah, here from Austin, Texas. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, before we wrap up, I, one of the things, and I don't. This might have been a complete accident, or maybe you planned it. But whatever happened, the mural on the site. So we're we're we're, we're the San Jose is next to that. You have the coffee shop, Joe's. Joe's, which is the longest line. And I own a coffee shop, so I don't like saying this, but it's I the go long- to your coffee shop all the time. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to yours in a long time. Well, you know, you've got your own, but I do go. I was there yesterday. Yesterday morning, I went on a thank ride you. from Melajani. Boom. Love yeah. that. But so you've got Joe's right basically in the parking lot of San Jose. And then on the backside of Joe's, you have a, a wall where somebody spray painted, I love you so much. My ex-girlfriend spray painted that as a message to me, not ever knowing what a legend it would become it is the i mean i don't think i'm exaggerating or going out on a limb here that's the most photographed spot i think it is too every every instagram freak that ever passes through here my daughters included (laughs) um have to go there and get their picture taken yeah you know there's something about uh just it's a positive message yeah you know who knew i mean really it was it was fun i mean so i don't know how long ago it was probably 10 years ago and she basically tagged the side of Joe's just as an impulse. Just Y'all were tagged. still together? Hang on. How, we were it, still together, but we were in a fight, I think. Okay. And Or something. You know, something was amiss. So she says, I'm going to go down there and, and tag the side of... Tag that is Yeah. Just. And so I think that um, I got a call. The, I saw it the next day, and I got... A, I was talking to the folks in the box at the coffee shop, and... And they were saying, you know, it's kind of sweet, isn't it? And the maintenance guy had called me and said, we're going to paint over it. Um, 
because they were really good at painting over graffiti. Right. And I said, just hang on a second, because everybody who's seen it is kind of smiling, and I think it fostered warm feelings. And, and you're aware that she, did she tell you she did it? Or I, I, knew, just, I knew her writing. You know, I and immediately. So you're saying, let me come over here and have a look? Yeah. And so, um, and it was, it was, it, people loved it so much. Yeah. And it says, I love you so much. And people, it just, and it started being photographed and photographed and photographed. And at one point, somebody tagged it and she redid it. Um, she, they kind of painted around it and she redid, the, you know, one or two words. And, and it's been ever since. Yeah, it's been there a long time. Yeah, it has been. So there you go. That's yeah. the story. And she, uh, she probably still loves you. I think, you know, I'd like to, you know. Yeah. You're one of these people, you know, you don't, you don't just like, just, just say, I'm over, I'm over Liz. Like Liz is, that's, that, that's the gift just keeps giving. So <laughs> Somebody told me the other day and I took it as a compliment that I was like gummy bears. Yeah. Like who doesn't love gummy bears? I'm sure there are, uh, there are people out there that don't. <laughs> There's probably some people that hate on, yeah, gummy maybe bears. Maybe depends on the flavor, but <laughs> you know what? I said that was the last thing we were going to talk about, but it's not. I have one more question, and okay. and, and I because I know well when you walked in here, you gave me a T-shirt for the Austin Motel. Yes, which is for those of you from Austin, you know the the sign out front, and if you haven't been here, go down. It's very South phallic. Congress. It is the most phallic uh, sign. You can when they when they when they drew the sign when they had it designed. You know, sometime in the 30s, yep. I'm sure. Did this not occur to anybody? Were they so pure, or was it a you know a, a inside sinister, joke? A little sinister yeah. inside joke. It is basically. But a in dick the 30s, I don't you know the uh, I don't know how dark and sinister people were in the 30s. Yeah, I don't know. But today, once you see it, I mean, it's immediate. You're like, oh my god, that is a cock a penis. and balls. Yeah, yes. it is. Yes, and so I gave you that shirt by my friends from Filth Mart in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, but you've tried. You you've been trying to buy that hotel or motel. You know that is actually not true. You, that is. You, you know, told me ten years well, ago. Well, that was that, probably true that, that I wanted you, it ten years, but I'd given it up. Okay. So but the lady who had it, because I, I Dottie Dean, yes. I got to figure out how you because she she basically just told you you're never going to buy it. Yeah, I did tell you that back then. So Dottie Dean, who was on South Congress when I took over the uh, San Jose. She had come in a, in a similar sort of way. Her parents owned the Austin Motel, which is next door, directly next door to the San Jose. And um, her parents had gotten on in age. A few things had happened, and she came back from San Francisco, where she worked for the San Francisco Opera, and took over the Austin Motel. So we were kind of doing the same thing at the same time. As I, When I bought the, the San Jose, I ended up working the front desk for about two or three years hmm. there trying to raise money to um and so she was doing the same thing and south congress was in a transition but there were a lot of questionable characters and scams and uh hustles and you name it and so she and i became friends uh and at one point i made an offer on the austin motel and it it really she didn't it offended her right and i still don't know why that was offensive but um it was, and she basically said that I would never. The number was offensive. No, it wasn't the number. I think it was just the offer to buy it Got somehow. It. I'm coming for you. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna hop across the street and take that one. Too. Yeah. So, yeah. but I never quite understood that. But she, unfortunately, Dottie, Dottie died from breast cancer. God, like six, seven years ago, mm. and it was um, un. It happened really quickly, and uh, her 
her son ended up with the motel. And I told him what his mother had said. I, I think she told him, actually. I'm, I'm sure she did. But he, had come, he came from uh, Northampton, and he was a professor. Uh, and he ended up running the uh, Austin Motel for years. And we were very friendly to him out of, because we were neighbors. People in the hospitality industry, this is yeah. behind the scenes, yeah. are generally friendly to each other because you never know when you're going to need somebody. Yeah. Um, and so we helped him with you know, laundry and sure. housekeeping or whatever it was, just uh, here's how we run the business. So when he decided he wanted to get out of the business, he offered... the first call. Yep. And, that, and I said, don't you remember what your mother said? And he said, you know what? She was right about a lot of things, but she wasn't right about this. Interesting. So, You're going to keep the sign? I've, I'm going, going, I'm doubling down with the sign. What do you mean? Well, you merchandise, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's on a t-shirt. I'm making the sign bigger. No, but you know what? We have, we now Look, have. Look, his penis got we bigger. Have, we have robe hooks that are penises. Got it. We have made material that we. This is why you're you. We're keep printing going. the penis like sign uh, logo on uh, pool floaties for kids. Uh, on uh, you know a, a general float in the pool, we're we're putting the material everywhere we can with a. You're embracing. I'm embracing the it. even the embracing it in the, the biggest peen. way. I mean, it, as much as I can. Peen. You know, it's been a while, but. Um, I, you know, and I wasn't going to get into that, and we are not going to get into that because uh, just because. But, but you know, as somebody pointed out, too many misters, not enough sisters. So we're we're really going deep with the vagina as well. We're just gonna embrace all those things about motels, and we've got some. We've got we've unearthed some I'm magic. Glad I asked this question. This is getting. <laughs> this is like the best part. Keep going. We've unearthed some magic. You remember those old things? You put a quarter in. It was a magic fingers, and it made the the bed vibrate. I mean, it it's really old. <laughs> yeah, but um, I do remember that. We have a couple of those that we're uh, gonna deploy again. Mm. But um, water beds, and we have we do now have uh, some wallpaper from a friend of mine, uh, George Vinson, has a company called Vutsa, and he has wallpaper that's called Vagina Tree, and as you can imagine, yep. I mean, just come over and see it. Yeah, we'll post. So you're a redoing the whole place. We've redone it pretty much. Done in the restaurant. Uh, restaurant is about to start being redone. Yeah. I think it'll be about What's nine, nine months or Mexican? so. Because it was Mexican. Yeah, it was right? Mexican. Yeah, we want to do healthy diner Mexican. I got it. And I like that. I'm going to do hopefully do that with Larry McGuire from McGuire Mormon. Right. Love love Larry's work. Yeah. This is totally random, and I keep saying I'm going to be done with you, but it, Anna would kill me if I didn't ask this question because she's convinced that you have something to do with phrases. I don't. And got you it. know that. And I didn't think so either. Yeah, that, but that's that our, thing that's happens. That's one of our favorite Mexican places. I love that. I, I just not before last. Got some presses to go. Good. So I'm, I've, I've, Anna, I'm not. The honey. reason people think that is because Larry worked for my brother from the time he was 16. Kind of grew up working under my brother, who's a chef. And so when they started Lambert's, Larry started Lambert's. It was his first uh, restaurant here in okay. Austin. It's a barbecue place. And my brother was involved, but only tangentially. And, um, and Larry's gone and grown to have a big career. Mm. But people are always somehow thinking that. Something that Larry has done, I've done, yep. or I'm, I'm involved in. So we're finally going to do that. Fresas is Renee Ortiz, who uh, has Laundrette over here in oh, this sure. neighborhood. Yeah, right around yeah. the corner. Yeah. Huh. Never been. Yeah. I go to three places. Where? I go to, well, the, most of them are Larry's. But actually, last night I went to Clark, so that would be the fourth. I go to 
I go to I sit at the bar at Jeffrey's. Love no, that. I won't sit in the restaurant. Just too mm-hmm. way too fancy for me. I go to Josephine House, which mm-hmm. is right next door. I'll be there tonight, and then uh, I go to Uchi. I love Uchi. Do you ever go to Uchiko? Yeah, I actually prefer Uchiko because it's quieter. Yeah, me which too. Is too loud. I tell Tyson, man. Tyson Cole is. Uh, you know, we have folks. We have really good food in Austin, Texas, and thank a lot of it to those three guys: Tyson Cole. Um, Larry McGuire and Renee Ortiz. I mean, when you moved here in the '90s, I mean, you 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 were like, the, there was no food, and now you could almost say that we have a true food scene. We do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Right. Okay, do you want to know any more about the Austin Motel logo? No, um, I I want to stop there because you've now pro- uh, assured me that we're going to have a second podcast because that <laughs> in and of itself is. I mean, we were. Oh my God! It even inspired the beds. The beds you'll see are kind of rounded and bulbous, and um, you'll see. I mean, seriously, go online, take a look at the beds at the Austin right. Hotel. And as most listeners know, twenty years ago I had testicular cancer, so I've, I've sort of, you know, I'm half the man I was. So I, the, I'm going to make a special shirt ex- for you. That's what I was going to get to. But thank you. Just yes. a sort of a half. Yeah. Uh, and when when this podcast posts. We always post it with a photo, so I'm going to wear. So the <laughs> listeners, instead of us dreaming up this this sign out on, you'll s- you're going to see it. You're going right. to see what I'm wearing, and then when Liz makes the custom one or the the you know the Lance version, then we'll make sure you know Absolutely. where to get it. Yeah, Liz, thank you. Thank you, Lance. Yeah, I really so enjoyed fun. it. So fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Forward Podcast. Like uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you have anything you want to say, if you have a suggestion, please, God knows I need suggestions, um, or questions, or concerns, or criticisms, or whatever, let me know. Send me an email. Send it to theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. I know it's long. I know it's a little confusing. The forward podcast at we do w-e-d-u sport singular dot com the forward podcast at we do sport dot com 